Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Block Channel uh, for episode 17. And if you were around for episode 7, then you would know the fun fact that my favorite number is 7, because I was born on the 7th, and that means episode 17 is very near and dear to my heart for that very reason. Uh, and we're actually blessed today to be joined by uh, Jake Bruckman from CoinFund. And then also my co-host today is Corey Petty. Corey, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey guys, Dr. Petty here from the Bitcoin Podcast. Always happy to be here. All right, thanks, Petty. And as I said, I'm here today, uh, blessed, uh, joined by Jake Bruckman. And I said your name correctly, correct, Jake? Hey, you, you said it perfectly. Excellent. It's very important to me because I have a very interesting last name, so it's always important. <laughs> um, so, so Jake, so you know, thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, glad to have you on uh, to, to get the thanks. ball rolling. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So, so let's sort of get the ball rolling here and like get, get the audience what they need. Uh, let's let's go ahead and start with uh, an explanation on yourself, your education, and your technical background, and allow us to give an idea of uh, quickly who you are. Let's just uh, fill us in all the good stuff. Sure. Uh, so my background is in mathematics and computer science. I had a double major in that and studied that in grad school. Um, I worked in, you know, basically the financial technology industry in New York for about five years, kind of in the hedge fund world. Um, I was an engineer and technical product manager at Amazon for about two years, where uh, we were working on kind of uh, ad tech products. And then I was the CTO of a company called Triton Research, which did a lot of pretty interesting um, research on private technology companies uh, and, and what we basically did was we sourced a lot of like public data points about these companies and operational metrics and then try to reconstruct their financial uh, models um and then uh, i've been on coin fund for about a year awesome so how long have you been in the crypto industry uh in general sure um so my credentials there is that I received my first half of Bitcoin in, I think it was about April 2011. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my friend sent it to me. He was a bit of a hacker. Uh, I kind of didn't really understand it at the time. I was like, I'm going to try to mine some Bitcoins. And then my laptop got really hot. And I was like, what is this crap? Uh, <laughs> and then, and then my... When the AC boost that's on, your laptop gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I ended up like that computer ended up crashing and I ended up losing my, my half a Bitcoin. But I started paying attention again uh, around mid-2013 when one of my colleagues at the one of these quant traders actually wrote a really nice um, explanation of the, of the details of how Bitcoin worked. And I finally got it. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, so I started holding Bitcoin um, as just a bit of an investment in uh, you know, in later 2013, kind of on that upslope of when it was going up. Um, and that continued for about about two, about a little bit less than two years. And then and then in early 2015, I, I kind of heard about Ethereum and I looked around at the space and I'm like, oh, my God, there's thousands of different cryptocurrencies um, and kind of asked the question of uh, what does this all mean and how do you diversify a portfolio of these things? And 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 that was the basis of uh, of CoinFund. Yeah, like a quick aside, um, your coworker or friend who wrote a blog post it was not Michael Nielsen, was it? No, it was it was actually um, this person named uh, Andrew, who is uh, you know a, pr a pretty active uh, part of the New York City uh, kind of Bitcoin and blockchain community. 
Um, but yeah, he was just a coworker at the. That was at one the of the one of the early like technical discussions that I found in, in the space. I was wondering if it just happened to coincide with uh, the same thing. But like, now that we've kind of met, like what you started doing, how you got into the space, and 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 then what you started to feel about. Let's talk about what you're currently doing, CoinFund. And um, yeah. can we can, can you give us a broad overview of what this project is and what it's meant to do? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a couple of different things. Um, and, you know, fundamentally what it is is a, it's a crypto fund. Uh, we have a track record going back to July 1st, 2015. Um, you know, and we, and we basically said, look, there's all these, these assets we're going to really think about what it means to have basically what is now called tokens and, and, and what are they giving you exposure to? Um, and it started to become apparent that they're giving you exposure to early stage growth. Um, I, I want to go a little bit deeper into that, but then, but I also want to cover like what are the other things that coin fund is. Um, the other thing that, that we are is a, you know, is a four, four person advisory team. Um, especially this year we started working very actively with, um, a bunch of different companies. Most of them are uh, blockchain technology startups in very early stages. Could be pre-white paper. Uh, who work with us? You know, in that in that stage between between white paper and and uh, token sale, uh, and we kind of bring a very uh, multidisciplinary expertise uh, to anywhere from sort of designing the technology of it and and protocols. But also thinking about um, financial structuring of of these uh, sales, uh, the economics of the tokens and, and what they do, uh, and, and things like that. Um, you know, and, and the third and, and maybe most important thing is that Coin Fund is a kind of a it's a Slack. It's a it's an open community for blockchain research. Uh, we started in early 2016. Um, we have just over a hundred channels separated by project or vertical uh, and have some really, really great discussions about what's going on in blockchain space in general there. Uh, it's a great source of uh, sort of research for us. Um, and a lot of the founders of the projects that uh, we study are there too. All right. I think that's a, a good segue to that. And it's how to kind of get back to what you wanted to talk about is that you kind of built this because I, I feel like you, you think the token is the central idea of what blockchain offers? Is that like, and and what like to you, what is the token? To me, it's something that is kind of the the monetary or quantitative association of the value of a project, but it allows you to not only just like quote unquote buy shares of a pro of a project, but also have a specific function. Like for instance, for in Ethereum, um, Ether is used to to pay for computation, decentralized computation. Mm -hmm. So the token mm -hmm. is intrinsic to the operation of that platform. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you view the token of this space? So, so let me answer that like very, very broadly from a very high level. And you know, you have to understand that that I was coming from this context where, you know, I worked in a company whose reason for being was the fact that you had this like really vast very liquid and very opaque private technology market. And so of course I'm referring to startups, right? Mm -hmm. And like, and kind of the, the, the reason that we existed was because when you're doing financial research on these, on these startups on these investments, basically, especially like at the point where they're going public, finally, um, you need that research. And because these companies are private, you don't have 
that visibility. And what's what's even worse, and you guys might be familiar with this phenomenon, is that the the time period that company that private companies remain private has really been increasing uh, very much over time. And this is particularly bad in the tech in the technology industry. So I think that that average is something like you know eleven years. Um, and the and the prototypical example of everything in, in startups is Uber, right? And so mm -hmm. Uber launched in in two thousand nine. And uh, it's now 2017, so eight, eight, eight years of, of private, illiquid, uh, opaque kind of financials, right? Um, and, you know, and then when these companies finally did go out into the public markets, um, a lot of them underperformed. Um, and what, what's basically happened is that for investors, um, you know, you used to be able to get growth stocks. And now you don't have really that many growth stocks in the public markets anymore. Um, and instead, you have to invest into startups to get growth. But the, uh, for the most part, you know, the, the investable opportunity in startups is available to about 3% of the US population. Right? It's available to accredited investors. And, um, and, and moreover, right, if you had invested in something like Google, in, in 2005, and you held that, um, if you held that stock for about 10 years, you would be about uh, about 10x, right? So Google IPO is something like $75. They're worth something like $750 today. Um, if you were an early investor in Uber in like 2009, you would be something like 10,000x. But you would be a liquid. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you would be. You'd be rich on paper, and so when you when you come from that that kind of like context, right, and then you look at what's going on in in decentralized crowdfunding, what you realize is that you're buying assets that are giving you exposure to early stage growth of companies, of decentralized applications, of decentralized networks, and you're getting that growth like so early. It's you're getting that growth at like white paper stage. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the original thesis for CoinFund is like, how do you find um, digital assets that give you access to that growth? Um, and from that perspective, you know, for example, like, it's boring to invest in pure currencies like Bitcoin or Litecoin or Do Dogecoin. Um, what you want to find is tokens that give you exposure to things that will, uh, that, that have a really strict thesis of appreciation over time because they're their products their platforms they um, you know appreciate with with utilization of those platforms or whatever else got it so so what would you say is uh one of the most exciting features currently about like coin funds product um well i mean i think because you, because because you seem like you seem like you're very very attached to the whole like product in. So I'm sure there must be something that you personally hold dear that you or you like that that you like the most. Well, I mean, I just think that I, I think we were one of the earlier people to recognize that, um, you know, this was a, a plausible explanation of what was going on, and to form a proof of concept fund that would invest in those things, um, and and that's now called a crypto fund. Um, there are many, many people today who are bringing up sort of traditionally structured hedge fund structures that invest in the crypto asset asset class. Um, 
you know, and of course we can we could probably name like like 20 or so in the market. Um, you have VCs today, uh, such as Blue Yard, who are uh, who have formed VC theses around decentralization. Um, you know, and are, are also, you know, there are a number of VCs who are looking at investments in tokens. And sort of the reason for why I think VCs are interested in it is because um, they kind of see now that the traditional method of investing in the private equity of a company that brings up a decentralized network um, might not work that well because then you need a, a good business model for that private company. But what ends up happening is that co that company ends up having to just compete with all of the other users of that network on a level playing field. Um, and then the true appreciating investment opportunity is actually in the digital assets of the network itself. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, there's one thing that I really like about, about CoinFund. It's kind of like um, just trying to think about those things and, and, and trying to get ahead of how the space, which is so, so quickly growing and changing, um, you know, like, like what is this, what is that situation and, and trying to get those theses, right. I have a, okay, a somewhat of a question on how, how you view the space actually. So like, we have the technology, we actually now have multiple platforms in which people can create these, these actual applications that have a token associated with them. Do you, how do you, how do you vet what's good and what's a Ponzi scheme? What's garbage? What's, what's worth, what's worth your time? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it's a, that, that's one of the core problems of this space, right? Is that um, if you, if, if, if blockchain technology space is a financial technology space and it has an analog to the traditional financial space, then by analogy, what we're really, really sorely missing is, you know, good sources of data, good sources of research, good um, research companies that do the due diligence on these things. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we opened up our community, our research community, is because we know that as a community effort, that due diligence process is going to go much, much uh, better. But, you know, internally, you know, I would say, you know, we always kind of describe it as a bottom-up approach where, you know, we use our technology experience to kind of look at the at the actual tech, to read the white papers, to maybe audit smart contracts, to actually look at the implementations of these things and sort of decide, you know, is it going to work? Um, and then on the other hand, to financially analyze those things from a perspective of like, is this a good investment? Like, especially for crowd sales, right? Like you think about valuation, you think about why this thing is going to appreciate, et cetera. And it's really like kind of a complicated, uh, kind of a complicated thing. And if you don't understand how these tokens work and their property, what their properties are, it's often very hard to reason about what the correct valuation of this thing should be. Um, and then finally to, to evaluate it, uh, kind of in the context of traditional markets, a lot of these, Companies purport to uh, be making products that will compete with Amazon, that will compete with Uber, um, and is that really realistic? And I, you know, you talk through examples of yes and no, and then somewhere in the middle, there's also these issues of like, are you designing the economics of your tokens correctly? Are you, you know, are you setting your inflation too high such that um, 
you know, in the market, the, the price will invariably depreciate and like make your investors lose money just on that. Um, so all, all th this whole gamut of issues, I think, comes into play when you're when you're evaluating these things. And, and as a final note, you know, we always we're, we're very like kind of collaborative and, and community oriented. And we always prefer to like talk to the founders directly. You got a lot more context into projects, into teams. Um, into their development process, and that's been really great. So now that you have, like, you've, you've had some experience in this arena, and you've felt the pulse of the of the space, and kind of what projects are growing. Do you have some great stuff that you're looking forward to? Some projects that are that are on like on the rise that are filling some type of use case that isn't being currently or properly filled. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there is a lot of them. Well, I mean, in general, you know, what you see in what you see in, in our space is that because blockchains are just kind of very general technology, they're just sort of like distributed databases mm -hmm. or that allow you to create sort scarce assets. Um, that that what you see is uh, people just kind of recreating traditional technology verticals inside of blockchain. You know, you have the the blockchain decentralized. Uh, Uber, you have the the decentralized uh, Craigslist, you have the decentralized social media platform, and things like that. Um, and in, in some sense, those things are are not filling a niche, right? Um, but also, people are creating completely new things, like like DAOs, like DAO platforms. Yeah. Um, if like I often kind of get to thinking and I and I realize that while there's no like quote unquote killer app in blockchain today, it seems like the killer app in blockchain is just kind of investing in the assets, right? And so there's been a lot of um, infrastructure that has been in development around the act of investing in blockchain. So, you know, you have decentralized portfolios, you have interoperability platforms, you have decentralized exchanges, you have advisory shops that help you get to ICO and design your token and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's so early, but I think we'll we'll also see this year, you know, some apps go out into the uh, kind of more consumer markets as well. What you took touching on, um, like what you said earlier, this technology also like one of the biggest killer apps of the technology is a it's a technology of inclusion so it's bringing a lot of these types of investment opportunities and 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 ways of doing um, these things are getting in touch with companies at an early stage to people who normally wouldn't have access to these types of things so uh, let me hop on in here real quick jake and uh, i'm gonna pick your mind real quick and i'm gonna ask you some questions because you know if, if, you're, if you're working in you know in, in the company that you are then you must obviously be very familiar with uh, all the goings on uh, in the in the crypto space in regards to like development projects and things like that. So, uh, what are some projects in the Ethereum ecosystem, Bitcoin ecosystem, uh, whichever ecosystem is like most close, near, and dear to you personally? Uh, what are some projects that are going on that are notable to yourself, and, and what are some of those um, initiatives uh, that your maybe friends or other developers are doing that you think are worth watching? Sure. Um, well, it's sort of like um, the, the the thesis 
change change very rapidly uh, probably every 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 couple of months and i think like this year it's it's been looking at the space and sort of realizing uh look there's a lot of like particular apps that are that are doing uh, token sales mm-hmm. um but there's also a lot of platforms and infrastructure that's that's in in development and so i think it's um i think apps y- you basically come to the conclusion that it, that it's very early but eventually you know they will conform to the same laws as as startups which means you know 95% of them are probably going to fail and not find mm-hmm. not find market fit and then you start to think like okay well then what's what's more important what's the shorter term stuff that is more likely to succeed and it seems to be that the shorter term stuff is um you know smart contract platforms uh obviously ethereum has been doing very well um but there's also a bunch of other smart contract platforms and some of them in fact i think about 6 today support uh the EVM um and then other completely different smart contract platforms that think about things like uh formal governance on the sort of protocol sorry not not the protocol but the framework layer of the of the blockchain so i'm thinking like tezos things like mm-hmm. that yeah definity is looking at kind of on-chain governance um interoperability platforms so these are like blockchains of blockchains or blockchains of platforms in some sense are even more diversified or kind of like they have a different risk profile than investing in a in a dapp um because even if let's say ethereum fails right there'll be other blockchains on that pla- on that blockchain of blockchains and so there's mm-hmm. still a use case for it um so cosmos uh you know did their sale today it was uh i think they raised about 18 million bucks yeah 17 um, million in 30 minutes 17 million in 30 minutes that's right yep um that's and then insane. and then there and then there are these like short term theses that you you know you can say like if the entire blockchain space will fail um there's still a case to invest in things like decentralized storage or like filecoin or something like that right because in order for these apps to fail they have to get developed they have to get tried um and in order to get developed they need uh, somewhere to store their application data which would be the decentralized storage layer right so so there's a case to like short term invest in in that infrastructure even if the long term uh is just completely bleak so like it's it, it's it's almost too much to follow because there's so much there's so many things that the space touches on do you have any like personal sage like wisdom based on your own experience for people young developers entrepreneurs people who are just interested to like what's the first steps they need to take to get involved how do they get started how can they hit the ground running i mean i think the easiest way to fall down the blockchain rabbit hole as a lot of people say is to just kind of buy some cryptocurrency you know typically bitcoin um these days it would be bitcoin and ether probably um and just get a feel for how it works Um that's how everybody got into this space right by by having a a basic cryptocurrency be invented and then you know really like falling in love with it and uh being fascinated by the way that um that its technology works and i think that once once you kind of get there you start to be able to reason a little bit better about some of the more complicated assets like you know augur rep which uh pays dividends and gives you voting rights into certain uh actions on that platform um 
you know, things things like that. So so I think it's it, it's really easy to to actually get a mainstream user onto cryptocurrency as long as they have a basic amount of curiosity to know how it works. Um, but if you're a more advanced uh, sort of study of the space and you're you know you have technology experience or you have sort of financial experience, um, then there are, there there are some great resources uh, to to read about these these projects and you know people like Smith and Crown. Um, there are a bunch of other websites that list different projects that you could take a look. We actually maintain a, a project watch list which has about 300 different startups in I think about 50 different verticals um, in our Slack. Um, you know, most of the, mo it, very interestingly, most of the education in this community happens on like in, in the public space of social media, on Reddit, on Medium, um, on blogs, on Twitter, uh, and it's it just speaks to the kind of community ownership, I think, of of all of these things. That's beautiful. So so I, I appreciate you sharing all that with us. So let's ask, let's have you share one more thing with us, because you seem to be a very uh, you know intelligent, very capable person. So we're gonna we're gonna extract some of that knowledge real quick. Um, then we're gonna we're gonna feed that into the audience so that they can take something more from this conversation. So, so for any young developers that we have that listen in on the show, any entrepreneurs, any people who are working closely in the crypto space, uh, what is some advice uh, that you can derive from your own personal experiences um, that has motivated you to find success? Um, in this space, I would say um, one of the kind of pitfalls of this space is that it's it's really you know, it's very community-oriented and, and collaborative on one hand, um, but it's also very divisive and political. Um, there's a bunch of factions kind of vying for uh, <laughs> for, for dominance <clears throat> of certain things, uh, of knowledge, of um, uh, you know, of, of of the dominance of their platforms, and and I think like one of the one of the most important things that has gotten us through the the some of the challenges of the space is to just be logical and be objective and not to let politics rather than data kind of influence how you think about things. Um, and I think that that has been like really valuable and, and, and very, very quickly is just sort of like one of the rules that we have in our, in our Slack is like, you know, when you discuss blockchains here, like stick to facts and stick to code and stick mm -hmm. to evidence rather than pushing, you know, agendas, whatever yeah. those agendas might be. Which, which is something that we've sort of like experienced recently in the Bitcoin space with the whole Bitcoin, ASIC boost, Bitmain, all that other sort of drama thing, yeah. which is basically like people just attacking things without waiting for concrete facts, waiting for concrete evidence, um, and basically just like making, making random assertions on people's characters and like making disparaging comments. And, and, you know, a lot of that sort of stuff can be avoided if we stick to the facts, we stick to the codes, we remain academic, we make sure we do peer feedback, and we make sure we follow these things closely so that we can, in a mature adult manner, help these things progress forward and make sure no one gets screwed over. Absolutely. Um, I 100% agree with that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, 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 thank you very much, Jake. Thank you for, for coming on the show. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us uh, and sharing us on everything that you're working on with CoinFund. Um, and we'll we'll definitely be sure to like include 
all sorts of relevant links in the bottom. Uh, I guess before we scoot out of here, um, is there anything that you want to leave with our audience? Was there anything you would like to, to let them know uh, in regards to like your company organization or, or something that, that's uh, for, for them to check out? Sure. Um, if you guys like would like to check out our Slack, you can find it at slack.coinfund.io. Um, we also have a blog where we regularly write um, some research articles. Uh, that is found at blog.coinfund.io. Um, you know, and our community is usually very helpful if you have questions on a particular project or, um, you know, or technology, and, you know, it's open to everybody. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jake. And we'll include all those links in the show notes. Uh, and then moving forward into the future, once CoinFund has continued to expand more and you guys are offering more neat services as, you know, things continue to progress in the space, come on back on the show. Give us Wonderful. an update on what's been coming on and uh, we'd love to share with the audience again. Uh, Corey, Steven, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure and thank you for asking great questions. Yeah, no problem. Thank you Always very much. Pleasure. All right. Uh, take care. Later. This episode of Block Channel is sponsored by Gnosis. Gnosis is a decentralized prediction market built on the Ethereum public blockchain. Gnosis provides an open source platform for anyone to predict the outcome of any event and plans to drastically simplify the creation of customized prediction market applications. For example, an individual can create a market on a future event such as the outcome of a political election or a company's earnings forecast. People from across the world can bet or predict the likelihood of this event actually occurring. Over time, the market aggregates the predictions from users from across the world, and Gnosis makes real-time market adjustments. This crowdsourced wisdom is groundbreaking as it provides forecasting accuracy and enables a host of new applications to be built on top of it. Gnosis imagines a future in which decisions are as informed as possible by markets which aggregate useful information in optimal, open, and decentralized fashion. Check out the links in the show notes to learn more about their platform and upcoming token launch.